The free agency quarterback market has started to take shape, and the 2023 Combine is now in the books. We're going to break it all down and more tonight on the Draft Countdown Podcast. Welcome to tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian Bosarts, joined as always by my co-host, Shane P. Howell. And Shane, we are 49 days, 22 hours, 58 minutes, and 27 seconds away from the 2023 NFL Draft. And we hit kind of our last big hurdle getting over the combine this past weekend. And pro days have already kicked off. So we, this, this is the uh, slog of pro days here till the draft. I do mean a slog. Uh, but yeah, we've had multiples already, like multiple pro days of, of hit. They uh so yeah, they had a big one out in Vegas today. I think they had 19 team, 19 schools are represented out there. I'm uh, guessing a lot of small West Coast schools, but uh yeah, so we're we're in that final stretch, seven weeks away from the draft, seven weeks from tomorrow. We're getting close. Uh if you are listening or watching live in the chat and you want to have your question answered at the end of the show, go ahead and drop it in there. If you are following us on Twitter and want to ask a question, go ahead and ask, go at draft countdown there. We'll answer it. Or if you're want to join our discord and discuss the draft and everything else and ask your question there, you can go to DraftCountdown.com in the type right corner of the search bar, click the link to join our discord and join in on all the merry discussion that we've had there this week, especially during the combine, Shane, we had some good good talk in there uh, for that. But we are what a week away? Is it next week? Free agency starts, but the quarterback market uh, has kind of started taking some shape. Uh, Shane, uh, Derek Carr, uh, after being released by the Raiders, will now be the quarterback in New Orleans. Uh, he signed a essentially a big two-year deal there, if I read that language right. Uh, Daniel Jones uh, stays with the Giants. They reach a 11th-hour deal there, which his is essentially, if I'm also reading that right, a massive two-year deal that they can get out of after that. Uh, and Geno Smith staying in Seattle, three years, $105 million. Um, I But I also assume that one is also a – escape calls after the second year for the Seahawks as well. So that's what all this felt like was temporary holding patterns for quarterbacks and should not be taken as anything that's going to preclude any team from drafting a quarterback in 2023. I I, I don't think it will. Uh, I mean, probably New Orleans is probably the one team that I think it affects the most to signing Derek Carr and 
you know, it's not the quarterback you had. So, you, you know, you made a commitment to him. I think it's going to be harder for them to take uh, a quarterback. They don't have a first round pick either. So that, you know, that helps in, in uh, precluding them. But I think the Giants and the Seahawks have openly talked about at the combine. Pete Carroll, we're still willing, you know, we're still willing to take a quarterback. I don't think they will that early now, but uh, it could still be in the cards. Yeah. I mean, it's, they have five and 20. At this point, I don't know what's going to be there at 20. So it would almost have to be at five. So, I, let alone who knows what will be there at five. There might not be a quarterback there at five at this point. Uh, we're going to talk about those guys in just a minute. Uh, the quarterbacks that might be gone before pick five. We'll, uh, we'll get to that in just a second. But uh, some injury news and notes came out of the combine and around it. Some news uh, broke that Hendon Hooker, the quarterback from Tennessee, uh, who is QB3 on my board right now, ahead of Levis and Richardson, uh, on track to play week one, uh, per the report. Um, I, I don't know if that's realistic or not, but his people are telling somebody that that is a realistic goal that Hendon Hooker could be in uniform week one of the NFL season. The ACL recovery time has gotten better. You know, it used to be like full calendar year. It's no longer that. I think it is possible. I don't think Hennon Hooker's starting week one for any team. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's the difference is if you draft him in the second round or so, um, you're still going to want to rest and make sure he's 100%. And I think maybe he could play, probably won't be 100%. But uh, that is interesting and, and sounds good. You know, it seems like he's recovering well. May not hurt his draft stock that much then if that is the case right 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 i, I mean I, I think other than not being able to work out maybe not work out and throw for teams that's probably the, the biggest thing uh speaking of torn acls you you hate to see any i mean injuries at the combine it, it's rare that it happens but it does happen and i saw it when it happened live on sunday uh during the field drills andrew Voorhees the interior offensive line from Southern Cal tore his ACL. And um, so he, I mean, he's going to be out for a significant amount of time, but they bench pressed the next day. And did you see the video of this Shane Ford I did. on one leg puts up more reps than anybody else did in the combine with 38. I mean, that's tough, man. I mean, Voorhees was a potential top 100 pick, you know, maybe late you know, third round guy. Now, you know, who knows, probably into mid-day three, I would imagine. Uh, but it, t- tough luck for him. It, it is. It sucks because he's a good player and he's had lower body injuries before. He's had foot surgery. So I think this is becomes an increasing concern, uh, not just like the ACL tears while he's falling, but I, you know, I think that could hurt him too. The bench press thing was phenomenal. I think some teams are going to like that he still went and did it, competed, and did great. Uh, which, you know, if you've ever bench pressed anything, you, you, you need your legs to do that. Like, it, it's <laughs> you have to put, you know, use those muscles. It's not, you know, like they're insignificant here. Uh, but, yeah, I, I had him in the third round of my mock. The news broke. I moved him down to round five. Uh, one more injury news before we get into our combine wrap-up. Uh, guy who wasn't at the combine, but we thought should have been, uh, after having an impressive senior bowl week after being called up, uh, Sacramento State safety Marte Mapu uh, tore his peck uh, in training, and he should be out for a 
a good bit. Probably that's that's a guy who probably couldn't have afforded an injury here in the pre-draft process. No, I, I think now it's coin flip to get drafted because I think he was approaching round four, round five territory. Now it's maybe round seven if if he's lucky. Uh, maybe maybe it's luckier for him to not get drafted, get to pick your team and and where to rehab. So another tough luck situation there for Marte Mapu. All right, Shane, are you ready to talk combine? Because I know we haven't talked about this enough. You know, in other channels, you've done radio shows. I've done radio shows. We've done other podcasts. We've talked about the combine a lot. But we're going to go position by position here. We're going to talk, you know, different players that caught our eye that were – you know, maybe guys we had no clue about, guys that impressed us, and we're going to have to talk about obvious situations. So let's start with the quarterbacks. Those are the main guys, and let's just get it out of the way. Anthony Richardson. The, the, the most athletic quarterback in NFL history is is approaching the NFL. That's what we're getting at, at 6'3", three-quarters, 244 pounds. I mean, he had the best – Vertical, the best broad jump of any quarterback ever. It's not even at the combine. That's ever any pro day, any workout, pro workout, anything. Like he, he bested them with the forty and a half vert and the ten nine broad, and then went out and ran a four four three at two hundred and forty four pounds. Now the, this is why he kind of got that hype, and and I definitely pushed against it for as long as I could. But I think we knew he was athletic. That's not a surprise. I don't know. He'd definitely be the, the like by far the most like he crushed Cam Newton's ten in the Raz. Right? We talked to Kent last week. He said he, he felt like this was possible. Um, so I think it does push Anthony Richardson clearly in the top five of this draft. Now the argument you can make is should he be? That answer is unequivocally no, but it's going to happen. You know, this isn't Malik Willis last year where, you know, people were trying to make fetch happen and it, it just didn't happen. Th- this is going to happen. Richardson's at, at worst, we're looking at a top 10 pick now at worst here. And I think the biggest thing is this gives a floor for him. Everyone's going to talk about, oh, Anthony Richardson has a high ceiling, right? That's what we're seeing. Uh, no, this, this is a floor. This is, you know, Justin Fields from last year where Anthony Richardson can't complete a pass. He can run around and it's going to be hard to, you know, to tackle him at 244 pounds running a 4-4-3. I think that's the thing is if you have an offense that can kind of utilize that, um, he, he's not going to be a complete and utter bust. Uh, you know, I still fear for the passing. I also don't think he's the best runner like rush angles and setting up defenders. I don't think he knows what he's doing. I think there's still a lot of work there that he has to do, but we'll see. I mean, you got a 10 res, right? So you got, I don't know if light bulb had to go off in your head, Brian, when the Colts are picking a four, 10 res, like that sounds like a a Colts pick right there by Chris Ballard. It it certainly does. And and now I have to see, CJ Stroud work out because he's got at least top nine or he's, he's not going to be a Colt, right? So we'll yeah, see. It's fair. Uh, fair. Them's the rules. We didn't. We didn't make the rules. I mean, the Colts <laughs> made the rules last year. Last thing on Anthony Richardson, and I, I just I, I want to because I talked about this on on a radio show local here in Mobile the other day. Cam Newton comparisons are going to be abound. People have already made them. They're going to keep making them until it's over. 
as a collegiate player, Cam Newton at Auburn, before Joe Burrow's season, the best collegiate football season probably ever, right? Mm-hmm. Shane, do you know how many other players on that Auburn offense actually played in an NFL game? I don't. How many? One. Wow. That's it. Cam Newton carried that team. Anthony Richardson did not carry Florida. Anthony Richardson's out here losing to Vanderbilt. I'm not saying you can't be a successful NFL quarterback after you lose to Vanderbilt, but I, I this research is for other people to do another day. I don't th- I don't think you can do it. But anyway, that's, let's talk about hard. let's talk about a couple other quarterbacks that at the combine uh, here and my new QB one Shane uh, by def- just by virtue of getting to throw after Anthony Richardson, I think it's the best thing to happen for CJ Stroud <laughs> because. Richardson, after all the hype he got from the from the physical tests, throws in front of C.J. Stroud. Everything C.J. Stroud did, which was perfect, looked absolutely great. Ball, every ball came out effortlessly, like robotic almost. Stroud is is moved up to QB one A now ahead. He was one B for me. Now he's one A uh, ahead of Bryce Young, who I'm still going to have as one B but really wish he would have thrown now. I, I feel like Bryce Young maybe wishes he would have thrown now. I think that could be the concern. I mean, Stroud, he, he's like, he's been my one since last May. Uh, I, I'm, I'm still there, obviously, but I, and maybe I'm being hyperbolic here since it's so recent, but it, it felt like maybe the best combine throwing session I've seen. Cause usually the top guys don't throw. So we usually don't even get to see it, but I mean, like you said, almost robotic, every single step, the arm, the release, it doesn't matter if he's throwing the 65 go or if he was throwing, you know, the the the, the, the 10 out or even the, you know, the uh, slant inside. Same thing. Arm looked the same, like quick release. It That's why he's the, I think, has the best uh, pure, you know, passing talent of this group. And uh, I, you know, I think if, if you're the Texans at two or, you know, you're one of these teams like Carolina that wants to move up to one, I would have to take C.J. Stroud over the rest of the group. He's definitely moved up uh, for sure. And everything was – every ball was where it needed to be. No receiver had to struggle to go – they didn't have to go down to get one. They had to go up to get one. They had to reach behind him. Every ball was laid perfectly where it needed to be. Just absolute, like you said. It's it's it's, It was one of the – we've seen pro day workouts, right, that looked like that. Right. Where, where you're throwing to your own guys and everybody you're familiar with. He's the only receiver he threw to that he even knew was was Smith and Jigba, right? So, and they, I think they only had one rep together right. from, what, yep. from what I saw. So, one. yeah, just absolutely tremendous. Uh, quickly on Bryce Young, weighed in at 204. That's why he didn't work out. The man ain't been doing nothing but eating junk food and – <laughs> and, and mainline in water for two straight weeks, right, to get to that weight. Bryce Young's not 204 pounds. He's going to be listed at 204. He's not 204 pounds. We know that. He's not fooling anybody, right? And, and he's not weighing in at the Alabama's Pro Day. <laughs> no. <laughs> so if he, if he is running anything and doing anything, he's certainly not going to weigh in again. Yeah, I, look, you got to put the number on paper. We knew the height wasn't going to be great, 5'10 and an eighth. At least he 
was above 510. At least those two eighths might make a difference in some people's eyes. Uh, but he's, he, he did not play at 204. There's no way. Yeah, miss maybe a missed opportunity there uh, for him not throwing. Uh, the only quarterback, I mean, we're talking as a first potential first rounder through in the first group was Will Levis from Kentucky. Um, uh, same style of passing workout to me that Richardson had, right? I mean, not greatly accurate, but a huge arm. I mean, the downfield passes were impressive and and accurate. I think he almost seemed better throwing some of the tougher stuff than the easier stuff, which is interesting to me. And maybe you see that and say, okay, I can teach the easy things. I, I need a guy that can do the hard things. Uh, so I get it. But uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't mind blowing. The arm was much better than everyone else in that group. Uh, well, almost everyone else. Uh, I got, you know, one more guy in that group that I like. All right, we'll, we'll let you get that guy out of the way before we get to the position I know you really want to talk about from the combine. <laughs> uh, any other quarterbacks either in the first or second group that you thought maybe helped themselves uh, move up your board a little bit with their workout? I'll say two. Uh, one, one is one of your guys, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. That did look good throwing the football. Um, you know, ran a four, five, six, which I think is impressive. A two Oh three was pretty good. And then Stetson Bennett, Stetson Bennett impressed me. The quarterback from Georgia, his arm looked live. I felt that way kind of in the playoff game against Ohio state. You know, we came in at five eleven, uh, 192 pounds. Like he's small, but, uh, I thought his arm was good. Ran a four, six, seven, which is pretty good. Uh, so he impressed me. And then, uh, Max Duggan was the from TCU was, was terrible throwing the football, but he ran a four, five, two, which I did not think was in Max Duggan's wheelhouse to run faster than Malik Cunningham. But here we are. Is there a way we can place a bet on if Denver will draft Max Duggan in the sixth or seventh round? Uh, look, you can, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to talk off air. You could try to uh, ask for one, but that'd be some nice odds if you could get it. Just saying. I'm not, I'm not saying he's he's Sean Payton's new Taysom Hill. I'm just, <laughs> just saying. Just, just saying. Um, Stetson Bennett, Swag Kelly. There's. I'm just going to throw that out there. There you go. All right. Uh, let's move on to running back, Shane. And this was outstanding, these workouts, right? Outstanding. Let's just talk about Bijan because I know you want to. Yes, yes. I mean, I thought B.J. Robinson, the running back out of Texas, established himself as a top five talent in this draft. And to me, he's a top 15 NFL draft pick, maybe a top 10 NFL draft pick, even though no one wants him on their team. No one wants to draft a running back that high, but someone will. I mean, you know, he ran a 4.46, 5.11, 215 pounds. He looked thick. God, he looked thick. He's built like he looked tough, muscular, 37 vert, 10-4 broad. We're among the highest, you know, top tier of the running back group. Um, just like super impressive. He looked like top runner. And even in the drills, I mean, B.J. Robinson was by far like the smoothest runner, uh, one of the better pass catchers. Everything he did at the combine was backed up why he is thought of as highly as he is. Am I crazy when I think the second best running back workout at the combine after Bijan was Zach Charbonnet from UCLA? 
I, I don't think. I, no, I don't think you're crazy. I think. Um, I think there's some arguments to that, but you know, once again, another 214 pound running back who looked really smooth and ran really fast and had had a good workout. Uh, Jameer Gibbs blazed four three six in the forty. We knew he was fast. Uh, didn't do a whole lot of other testing other than his vertical. But uh, another guy that in the pass catching drills, that yeah, was so sweet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he looked like all the receivers. He was better than a lot of the receivers, and and what they did, and, you know. And it's sad for all these positions. We're not going to get many three cones and and uh, shuttles because they're the last thing that they're asked to run. Devin Chain's doing backflips. He's not going to go around the three cone after that. So. I would like to see Jameer Gibbs in some of the agility drills. Well, let's talk about that right quick, about the, the the three cone and stuff. They moved the bench press to the next day. Why don't they move that to the next day too? Because that is quite obviously the thing that everyone's skipping now. Right. I, I think probably the issue is having it on the field, right? Like that's that would be okay, the plan. That makes sense. And that so everything's sense. already out on the field. Yeah, but that, that, that makes sense. Okay. I still like do it before the, the field drills, at least, because they're not going to not do the field drills. Right. Um, I've never been more disappointed in a 4-3-2 than Devin and Shane's <laughs> 4-3-2, Shane. Uh, Tech saying I'm running back. I thought he would break the – I thought he could break John Ross's 4-2-2 record. He doesn't get – he gets within a tenth of a second. I just – so disappointing, but I mean, fast is fast. A chain's fast, and he he looked good in the drills too. So I still think he's a top one of the top four or five running backs in this class. I'm with you. I actually thought for coming in at 188, which probably is a little higher than he played at, maybe is why the four three two. I thought he actually looked pretty good. Like he didn't look thin. He didn't look frail. He's a tough player. So uh, impressive combine to me. Yeah, I, I think I got him locked into the top four of the running backs in this class. Another fast guy, fast, but does not look like he's built to handle the uh, the beating is Keaton Mitchell from East Carolina. Uh, four, three, seven, and 40 here. Tested great uh, in his drills. I mean, he's a home run hitter. Gosh, Jane, you're going to draft on day three, and he's going to have some impact plays as a rookie. I think that's the key with, with, with Keaton Mitchell. I, I mean, at ECU, he really could take it the distance. And you started to see them give him more work. I think a team, I don't think he gets into day two because, like you said, he's kind of a one-trick pony. But I think a team fifth round, sixth round, yeah, I'll take the upside. Uh, Tajay Spears didn't run, but his drills were phenomenal uh, out there. I think he's a top five running back in this class now for me. Yeah, I mean, the, the vertical, I think I'm at six now. The vertical was the best of the group as well. 39, uh, 10, 5 broad was among really in close. the top three or four. So, yeah. really good. And who's another one of the Chase Brown, Illinois? Uh, I, I got down on him after the uh, senior bowl a little bit because of his poor pass blocking. I mean, that's not gonna, my mind's not going to change about that, but. Um, his testing was outstanding. Four, four, three in the 40, 40 inch vertical. Uh, yeah. great, great yeah. day for Chase Brown. 
Yeah, he had the best part. He uh, Taj Spears was the second. Yeah, four four three, two hundred nine pounds. This wasn't, you know, this isn't a hundred and eighty pound back or hundred ninety pound back. I, I don't know where Chase Brown's going to go in the draft. Like I, that's what I'm, I could see round three. I could see round six. Uh, he's going to be an interesting case of draft capital. Um, two guys that didn't work out for whatever reason or another. Israel Abanaconda is a guy we wanted to, you know, kind of see how fast he is. We'll have to wait till the pro day. Kendra Miller, TCU, also didn't work out. Um, those two, other than those two, were there any disappointments from this group for you? Yes. Uh, Zach Evans, the running back from Mississippi, did not work out, but he came in at 202 pounds, which is not ideal for him. I don't think that's a great weight. I mean, I was hoping for the 210, 215, look like a lead running back. Now you're a guy that's just over 200 and lost the job to a true freshman and didn't work out for whatever reason. Like things start to barrel a little bit. Um, so he he was he was kind of the disappointment despite not even working out because all the workouts were really good. So Sean Tucker's same in that no workouts at all. Yeah. At least he's 207. He's bigger than Zach Evans. Uh, That's true. Uh, Last running back we'll talk about here, and I kind of felt sorry for Muhammad Ibrahim because we never got to see any of his field drills because they kept showing Evan Hole running 100 yards down the field uh, after every rep, which was funny and all after the first time, and then it kind of got old. But Evan Hole, tremendous workout, uh, had a good senior bowl week, parlays that into a good combine here. Um, thoughts on where Evan Hull might end up? I, I think he's similar to Chase Brown in that, you know, he, he Evan Hall was kind of the workhorse for Northwestern. I could see a team saying, yeah, round three, give me Evan Hall. I think I could turn into a, a lead back or a 50-50 back. Um, or I think he could fall down a little bit. So I was definitely too low on Evan Hall. Uh, yeah, I, I liked him. I, like I said, you said this group is really good. I mean, Daenerys Prince out of Tulsa, and I thought Tank Bigsby out of Auburn did well for for people thinking he was going to disappoint. It's a good running back group. Yeah, a lot of impact guys you're going to have day three uh, come out of this group. Guys you think are going to go day two or not, they're going to fall into day three. All right, let's talk wide receivers now, Shane. And big winner here, was it, was it despite not running a 40, was it Jackson Smith and Jigba? If you want to say who made themselves maybe the most money in <laughs> at the combine, I think it was Jackson Smith and Jigba. You play it smart. He's he's not going to be a blazing forty producer, uh, and you know not to jump the gun. I think compare him to Jordan Addison, the wide receiver at a Southern Cal, who you know came in one hundred seventy three pounds, ran a four four nine, and that was like still kind of disappointing. Um, JSN at one ninety six, like I'm not going to run the forty. But he's going to do what he knows he can do, and that was the shuttle and the three-cone, some of the best ever at the wide receiver position. Like, that's how he wins. Like, he, he you know, he he has – he he's going to be like Cooper Cup, right? I mean, that's why Cooper Cup won, was not with speed. He wins with that agility and explosiveness off the line. I, do you do – I this is why I, I think Jason established himself as the number one receiver in this class. I, do you agree? I've got him number two. Uh, I thought maybe you got your mind. Maybe we could have changed your mind. No, uh, it was close. Quentin Johnson still is number one for me. 
I he, he did look good. He did look good. Uh, and he only did the vertical and the broad jump. They were outstanding. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, his weight was down a little bit. And I, I know some people were down on that, thought he, he might weigh more maybe, or was he heavy? I, 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 did, I didn't quite get understand where people were upset with his weight at 208. Yeah, I think, I think people were hoping, you know, that Quentin Johnston maybe came in a little closer to the list that he's listed at 215, 216. Okay. So I think people were hoping for that. Um, Andre Yashivas, is he is he still your Christian Watson this year, Shane, from Princeton? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm still in. Now, obviously, you know, 6'3", 205, 4'4", isn't quite to the Christian Watson level, but uh, really good agility drills. Had a solid 40 time. There's a big difference between Princeton and North Dakota State, but I think Andre Yashivas is going to be better than where he gets – his draft spot in the draft. Did Rasheed Rice answer enough questions? And let's and I'll throw in At Perry as well from Wake, the Wake Forest wide receiver. Rasheed Rice from SMU, uh, At Perry, the wide receiver from uh, Wake Forest. They deep speed questions, I think, was on the line there with those guys. And Rice four five one. Uh, but a one four nine uh, ten split for him, and then At Perry uh, four four seven uh, forty for him. I, I think they did. I, I think both of those players, I think Rasheed Rice and At Perry, both are going to go day two. Now, it's not only that. I mean, Rice had the uh, had the forty one vertical at the, the ten eight broad. Both were very good. I I, I I think those questions were answered. I know. You know, Rice didn't have the best senior bowl week, but um, I think the athleticism he showed is there. And A.T. Perry as well. I mean, he, he's almost 6'4", and he ran a 4.47. That's pretty impressive. I'm going to lump these two receivers together, and you. we've already talked about Jordan Addison somehow. You, even with 4.49, you were disappointed a little bit. Uh, I'll lump him in with Zay Flowers from Boston College. Uh, similar builds. Uh although Flowers is two inches shorter, but they both ran and jumped similarly. I, I actually thought Flowers look was one of the best looking in the field drills. I mean, he was super smooth and, uh, you know, came in out of his breaks so well, caught the ball pretty flawlessly. I, I think both are still first-round picks. I think both are first-round picks, um, along with JSN and Quentin Johnston, or at least top 50. Um, I think Addison maybe just, you know, didn't show he was an elite athlete, so it's going to be tough to take him top 12. Um, Zay Flowers, kind of same thing. I think he had a good combine. It's what we kind of expected. So I think both are going to go in that back end of round one. Two more guys, similar builds. Uh, Josh Downs, North Carolina. Marvin Mims, Oklahoma. Uh, are, we, are we up, down, indifferent about those two guys? Josh Downs kind of stayed consistent for me. Uh, I mean, the 448, a 5971 is fine. It's not great. Uh, but, you know, he's a slot receiver. I was kind of surprised that he did not do the, uh, the agility testing of the three cone and the shuttles where he would do really well. Marvin Mims is, is a big stock up for me. 
183 pounds, ran a 438. Uh, he had really good vert uh, as well, 39 and a half. I did not expect that type of workout. I thought maybe the, that speed would be there, like four fours, but um, I didn't expect that type of workout. Bryce Ford Wheaton, West Virginia, best workout um, or best Raz of any of the wide receivers that tested. Did that kind of take you back a little bit? It did. It did. I remember watching him the opening game this year against Pitt and being like, wow, this guy's really good. And then he just did not very much for like the next four games. <laughs> and I mean, West Virginia's offense was awful. But when you have Bryce for Wheaton, 6'3 and a half, 221, ran a 4'3'8, 41 vert, you know, 10'9 broad. He, he did the agility testing, was great in that too. It was like DK Metcalf is the athletic comparison. He didn't produce. Um, I think he goes round three. I, so someone's got to take this, right? Like someone's got to draft this player, this athletic profile way too early. This seems like the guy. Um, nothing dissuaded us from thinking that Jalen Hyatt was a the best go route runner in the draft here with his speed. Uh, nothing changed on that, I don't believe. One more surprise wide receiver, and then we're going to talk about the obvious biggest disappointment of this entire group. Matt Landers, Arkansas. I've got I have no clue what to do with this guy. Yeah, he, he's he's big, he's super fast, you know, another you know, not quite the Bryce Ford Wheaton's level, but that type of player. I mean, I think Matt Landers gets in the draft, maybe. Um, but you know, they, they just invited him because he is like six four, two hundred, going to run the four threes. Yeah, I, I, I didn't expect it. I, <laughs> I didn't think that was coming. And now let's just before let's, the last receiver we'll talk about. It, holy cow! How bad was Kayshawn Butte's workout here from LSU? I mean, we're thankful the four six seven was not the forty that counted, right? Because that would have been really bad. <laughs> but when you, you know, when you were a top recruit, you're under two hundred pounds. You run a four five flat. The the, the vertical was awful twenty nine. The broad was awful at nine ten. Um, the you know the shuttle was, was the only thing that was decent. Just I, I don't know how you take him day two. Plus, if there's any type of maturity concerns, um, I, I could see Keishon Boutte not getting drafted. Like that wouldn't surprise me if that happens on draft day. Because when you start getting into day three, which is where I think we firmly believe he's at now, and then there be it rumors, but we've talked off air about them. There are rumors out there about Keishon Butte, and teams know about it. So you get into day three, you have a receiver who has now played no special teams at LSU that I know of and has maybe some off-field concerns. Yeah, you could be looking at undrafted at this point, which two years ago, that would have been unheard of, right? Blast, no blasphemous, yeah. Right. I mean, as a Debbie fantasy football player, uh, I some Keyshawn Boutte bags, empty bags I'm holding. It's not great. Not great for those guys, like you said, with that. This tight end class, though, Shane, there was – I don't know that if any – was there a disappointment in this group at the combine? No, no. Well, you're, like, nitpicking if, you're nitpicking if it was. Uh, 
Brayden Willis because he's a fullback and had to work out with, him with these athletic tight ends. Like it sucks. Poor guy. They're all great. Um, let's start with Darnell Washington. I mean, this guy, six foot six, two hundred and sixty-four pounds, eleven inch hands, four six four in the forty. The only disappointing thing about his workout was his vertical because it was only thirty-one inches. So, I mean. Right. Just outstanding. Uh, and he looks he looked like he was ease catching the football as well in the drills. Uh, he he kind of str- fights the ball a little bit on film, but did not do that in this workout. So Darnell Washington from Georgia, uh, is, is he in the first round now? I, I think there's a strong possibility. You know, with any tight end, I'm, I'm never like, oh, it's a lock. Because the first round's you know nuts, but I mean six six five eight and five eighths, like he's he's close to six seven. You know this, this isn't you know kind of a fake six six either. It's unbelievable. It's like Rob Gronkowski esque you know workout and and Raz score. I think someone takes him in the first round. Maybe maybe your Bengals is where I had him going in my mock this week. Uh, it could be interesting. We shall see. Um... I'm ruling nothing out with the Bengals at this point. That's fair. Uh, I guess the only really disappointing thing was we didn't get to see Utah's Dalton Kincaid work out because of an injury. So who knows how he could have tested, right? I put more green on the RAS card because um, almost everyone else outdid what I thought they were going to do <laughs> in terms of workout. I mean – when like when like a blocking tight end and Luke Shawnmaker runs a four six three, it's like what what is what is happening? What is what is what are we doing? What are we even doing out here? These workouts were so crazy that people were actually at this point questioning Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. Oh, he only ran four seven. Well, that only doesn't matter. You watch. I mean, you watch his tape. He gets. He's. He is the the Notre Dame offense goes through him. Not a single other tight end on this board other than Kincaid can say that. So, but his workout and he what was it? It was a low eight raz. I think yeah. for Michael Mayer, yeah, is a, a complete disappointment. So because he's guy, he, sorry. He, so he's in the eighty. That that means he's in the eighty percentile. Eighty percent of tight ends worked out worse than he did ever in the NFL ever. And, and we're disappointed with how he we're worked out. We're like, ah, oh, it's not good enough. Uh, he, he's terrible. Get him out of here. And he's no longer a first round pick. Like the 40, Crazy. the 40 time threshold is four, seven, five. If you're faster than that, then you have a chance to be elite. Uh, every single tight end in this group has it, you know, uh, pretty well, much faster than that. Elite. Except right, for right. Payne Durham, Payne Durham and Davis Allen. The only two. I well, think y'all are out day three. They yeah. for those guys. Uh, Luke Musgrave, we knew he was going to test ridiculously. He did. Um, I mean, we got guys like Blake Whitehart from Wake Forest, who I had never even really heard of before the combat out here, you know, testing great. Um, and you mentioned Luke Schoonmaker. You know, he was a 90-something Raz, right? Yeah. Great. And I mean, Jonathan here in the chat, Will Mallory, the fastest, the fastest, fastest of the group. Will Mallory, who was, I think we both agree, subpar film this year for Miami, had a decent senior bowl week. And your man, Tucker Craft. How about Tucker Craft out there, Shane? Yeah, if 254, 65, 469, 
Um, super agile too for for his size. I mean, it was really good. So I think you're when you look at day two, Sam Laporta from Iowa as well. You know, the Iowa tight end pipeline strong. Um, yeah, Tucker Craft, South Dakota State. Like it, it's day, day two. Those top five or six tight ends, man, are, are difference makers in this class. And we haven't even talked about my man Jelani Woods from Virginia last year. Held the Raz Championship for one year. One. It was a 10 Raz, held it for one year because Old Dominion Zach Kuntz transferred from Penn State, 6'6 and a half, 255, 455 in the 40, 40 inch vertical. That is the. Did I, did I read? He is the, the best vertical, the only person ever at the combine or second person or something over. X weight uh, with a vertical of 40 plus inch. I can't remember. I saw the stat, but a crazy workout for him. And his, his three cones, six, eight, seven, insane. So yeah, it's like wow. Zach Koontz going to get, going to end up maybe getting himself into late day two at worst, early day three. Yeah, I mean, I think the film still puts him early day three. You know, he uh, yeah, even, he, even the he, drills, the he's, drills, he's, he was catching just, everything. He's basically less productive, Mike Kosicki, if we're going to be honest here. Also, uh, Zach Kuhn's also a former Penn State tight end, right? So that's they they recruited three tight ends in that class: Pat Fryermuth, Zach Kuhn's, and Kyle Pitts. And they didn't have the scholarship to get Kyle Pitts, so they let him go. Whoops. Wow! Well, yeah. I mean, all all three pretty athletic guys, though. So, so to wrap this whole thing up, if you were a team, i.e., the Cincinnati Bengals, who need tight ends because you don't have any on the roster, you're going to get one or two in this draft class, and you're going to be just fine. That's kind of what we're saying here, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is this is the class to get it from because so we have the the top kind of top seventy five picks. You know, we have six guys, um, but you know, on top of that, I think you still have some day three players that are very good. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the offensive tackles now. And I guess we kind of decided beforehand that before we went on, uh, we'll be moving Peter Skaronsky to inside interior offensive line on our board just because of the arm length. But his workouts were great. I know you're not the biggest fan of Tyler Steen, but he had a great workout here from Alabama, the Vanderbilt transfer. Uh, but obviously, we have to start talking here about BYU uh, Blake Freeland. S- almost 6'8", 302, and the 302 is a sticking point here. And we're going to talk – we'll talk about that quickly in a minute. But a 4.98 the 40, 37-inch vertical, best ever for an offensive tackle at the combine. Uh, his shuttles were good. His broad jump 10-foot – uh, best of any offensive tackle at the combine this year. The vertical was the best ever uh, for an offensive tackle. But uh, play strength, uh, notice he didn't bench. Uh, no. st- strength an issue for Blake Freeland. Uh, and had an up and down senior bowl. So I'm I'm reserving hype for Freeland here. But obviously he's the name to talk about after the combine. Yeah, but, I mean, I think you take him round three and you hope you can mold that left tackle out of him because if you get franchise left tackle, he has that type of athleticism. Get him with a strength coach. 
let's get him stronger, and then I think you're set. Uh, so, I mean, does he remind you a little bit of uh, the guy from Washington's Lucas uh, from Washington Abraham State? A little Lucas. Abraham Lucas last year, who started what every game for Seattle at right tackle this year. So, I think similar maybe uh, profiles there. Uh, to me that, like you said, a third round guy that can end up starting for you because of the athleticism and, and make plays. But so Blake Freeland uh, made himself some money. Uh, Jalen Duncan, also uh solid combine there from Maryland. All the Maryland. We're, we, we could talk about Maryland all day here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but let's talk about the top two, what should be the top two offensive tackles on both of our boards once we move Skaronsky off. Uh, the tackle boards, uh, Paris Johnson, Jr., Ohio State, Broderick Jones, Georgia. What did you uh, see from these guys out there? I, I thought both looked really good. I mean, Broderick Jones was just just his his footwork. He was, he was picking up the the uh, coach and and you know was giving it everything. You could tell how just how great of an athlete he is at that left tackle position, not allowing a sack for Georgia this year. Um, I think from a talent perspective, I think he's the top tackle in the class. Um, you know, we'll see what, what kind of shakes out off the field for him. But Paris Johnson, man, I mean, at, at, at six, six, three eighths, like moving the way that he does just is not fair. He's just so, so good of uh, his footwork. So good. Um, and those arms are just so long. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm interested to see how those two shake out. Cause I think talent wise, they're both top. 12 guys in the class it amazes me the bookend tackles for ohio state this year both with 36 over 36 inch arms that's wild so let's let's quickly talk about the other three potential first round offensive tackles uh i mentioned dewan jones briefly there uh he ran the 40 like a guy who's 6'8 374 i mean it's it was better. fun it was funny I'm not going to lie. Darnell Wright from Tennessee is another guy who right tackle only probably, but, you know, potential to go in the first round. And Anton Harrison, a guy you've been uh, a younger guy, but you've been on on the bandwagon there for him for a while. So uh, what did you see at the combine from those three? Well, I I thought Darnell Wright maybe looked the best of any offensive tackle. When we talk about the field drills, we talk about the movement skills. Uh, the issue is that Darnell Wright is probably a right tackle only. He was pretty bad at left tackle for Tennessee two years ago, um, and this year was phenomenal. So if you have that need, then I think this lines up. You feel much more comfortable than maybe you do even with a Paris Johnson or Broderick Jones. Uh, I thought Anton Harrison was was solid, uh, had some pop to him, definitely fast and athletic. Uh, I thought the explosiveness was there. So I, I still feel – I think Anton Anderson probably a round two pick ultimately, but if there's a run, you never know what can happen the back end of the first. Uh, quick, uh, any other of these offensive tackles that you want to talk about? I mean, I thought Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse. You talked him up at the Senior Bowl. He, he, I think he had a phenomenal, smooth, um, smooth, silky smooth. I, I think, I think it puts him in the top fifty, you know, conversation uh, ultimately. Um, yeah, that was that was probably the, yeah that's probably the only other notes I have. We we talked, Dewan Jones, um, it's just good. And I I still can't believe Ohio State played Paris Johnson at at guard for uh 
for a year. Oh, here's the other guy, Earl Bostic Jr. from yes. Kansas. Uh, you know, I went back and watched his film before the combine. I was like, this guy's really good. Uh, he can, and then then he had a really good combine. He can move. I'm I'm really intrigued. Yeah, I think he's a solid player. He he strikes me as that uh, a guy you draft in uh, early day three develop. Uh, that feels like fa- a fair spot for Bostic. Let's move the interior offensive line. As we we talked about Peter Skaronski, he's going to now be interior offensive line one for both of us. Uh, no no doubt about it. I th- don't think that's going to be up for debate now. Uh, Osiris Torrance is is he falling off a little bit for you? Or am I just imagining this? No, I I don't think he has. I mean, he, he was never 330 pounds. He was never going to work out great. Like, that wasn't really the expectation. Um, I, I do think I did have him in my first round this week, but I think that's a little bit more in flux, just especially if Skronsky's drafted as an interior lineman. You know, how many teams are going to be willing to do it? Um, so it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a good day for Osiris Torrance, but that's fine. Day two is going to have some tremendous early starting interior offensive linemen here, be it at center, be it at guard. Uh, oh. Steve Avila, TCU, is going to be one of those guys. Uh, Braden Daniels, I think we're we're both on board now from Utah, probably going to be one of those guys. Um, I, I thought Emil Ikior could have been uh, at one point, but I think just he's going to get pushed out now. Just, just as a numbers game, and not that I don't think he's worthy and, and not a chance to start as a rookie. I think he can. Uh, Cody Mock, North Dakota State, is going to go on day two. John Michael yeah, Schmitz mm-hmm. uh, had a great uh, combine as well. Um, talk to me. Uh, did, did Joe Tipman work out at all from Wisconsin? Uh, I, I don't think I don't that think, he did. I, I don't have any notes on him. Yeah. So I don't think that he did. But he's another day two possibility there at interior line. Yeah. I mean, we, we could talk um, about a lot more of these guys. Uh, we, we both like Nick Saldaveri as a developmental guy, day three. Uh, I like Sidey So, uh, Eastern Michigan. Yeah, he looked, he looked his good. workout was, his testing was good. tremendous. Uh, Luke, Luke Whippler, uh, his name's coming up a lot here in the last couple of days. Yeah, the center from Ohio State, who I think because he came out early, people ha- haven't really been on him, but had a really solid year. I think a good run blocker. So I thought he looked good at the combine. Maybe he's got a day two shot if teams need a center. Um, and uh, I, I got to bring up uh, John Gaines from UCLA. I thought well, maybe it was the best looking of the, the interior group from a field drill perspective, from an explosiveness perspective. Definitely tested the best. Yeah, so he he's he's a name I think is creeping into that third to fourth round. Mix. And there there's a there was a threshold that eighty percent of the players that go sub four I can't remember what the number was in the twenty shut twenty yard shuttle uh, have NFL success like Pro Bowl become Pro Bowl players. And John Gaines was the only one that that eclipsed that number this year. So. Yeah, so I mean, he's yeah. I, th- I think I think Josh Norris from Underdog talks about that, um, talks about that a ton. So yeah, he was the only one that ninety uh, fifth percentile in the shuttle for him. Yes, I, I, fabulous. Let's move on to the edge, guys. Shane, uh, we're going to run long tonight. I think we both made peace with that at this point. Yeah. Uh, uh, edge rushers. I mean, we we've we've agreed here that at a Tommy Wa at a Borier. We're going to leave him on the edge now. 
And at 282 pounds, a 4-4-9-40, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, his agent tried to tweet out, hey, best best defensive tackle workout ever. I'm like, that guy's not a defensive tackle. He did not play that. But, I mean, it was one of the best edge workouts I've seen. The guy at 282 pounds, too. Um, Yeah, absolutely phenomenal and blew up, you know, the vert, the broad, everything for that position. The other edge guy we're going to talk about here with his ridiculous workout is Nolan Smith of Georgia, uh, 6'2", 238, so a little, little smallish for a, a defensive end. But uh 5'2", 10-yard split, 4'3", 41.5-inch vertical, 10'8", broad jump. Nolan Smith earning that cover status on draft countdown. Yeah, you see why he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school with that athleticism. Um, I, I think he is a, a Von Miller, Cleo Mack, stand him up, let him pin his ears back, Nolan Smith. How, how high can he go uh, now after this workout for you? Because he had the injury, um, you know, the, the, the arm injury that kept him out for most of the year. Top 10? Uh, I, I put him at eight to Atlanta. Like, it felt high, uh, so people weren't too happy, but. I feel like you take that upside. I think Philadelphia early. at 10 is a, is a, is a good landing spot for yeah. him as well. So, yeah, I mean, top 10 feels good. Uh, top 15 feels definitely right. Uh, speaking of guys that are starting to get some top 15 love now, uh, a guy who never started a game at Iowa, Lucas Van Ness, but a, f- a great workout. Yeah, he's another big edge, 272 pounds, just under 6'5", but had a 4'5", 8", um, long, 34-inch arms. I mean, he's you know he's a long dude, and you could see him. He was pretty rocked up there, uh, looked, looked the part. So I, I put him to the Patriots in my mock this week. I feel like that's – he feels like a Patriots kind of guy. Some sneaky good workouts from Yaya Diaby from Louisville. Uh, good senior bowl week has a great work, uh, great workout here. Four, five, one in the 40, one, five, six, 10 split, 37 inch vert. Yaya Diaby name starting to rise up some boards. Yeah. I think it's top 150 pick maybe sneaks into the top 100. Very possible. Uh, are you concerned with the measurables? I mean, if you're not concerned with the measurables for uh, Nolan Smith, you can't be concerned with BJ Ojolari, correct? No, yeah, I, I don't think there's a worry. Uh, 6'2", 248, he's just a stand-up rusher, and so I think it just limits the teams that maybe will draft you. But more teams are using that stand-up edge guy. Uh, good, good workouts from Isaiah Foskey as he's trying to bounce back after his senior bowl week that was a bit subpar, to be nice. I, 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 think, he, I think he's got to be a first-round pick, right? I mean, two years of double-digit sacks. You have what was his Raz? Was it you know it? It was in in the green. Is you yeah. Know, so I think he's got to be a first-round pick. Uh, it's just just the the resume is going to be so good for Isaiah Foskey. Man, those last eight picks in the first round are going to be so wild for us as we try to like settle this stuff down towards yeah. towards the end because we're going to want to keep guys in but that we've got to take out and having that one less first round pick is going to kill it kill us isn't it Shane yeah thank thanks Miami thanks for that 
Okay, let's uh, before we get to so, like any surprise edge guys here. Uh, did anything that happened with Will Anderson from Alabama dissuade you from him being the number one overall prospect in this class? Nope, nope. I, he came in at two sixty eight. Uh, he or he came in at uh, two fifty three. Love it. I think that's awesome. I'm no, I'm in. I, I'm all the way in. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm pot committed at this point uh, with with Will Anderson as well. Um, biggest surprise, uh, from the edge group, good or bad? Um, man, in, in terms of like an actual surprise, I don't think there was too much. Um, you know, I mean, Andre Carter had another rough go, but I don't think that was a surprise. I think we knew it was kind of happening, you know, what, what had happened with him, uh, in terms of weight and strength at army, you know, it's just, it's just very tough to manage. So no, 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 no real surprises to me from this group. I worry about Andre Carter now because we were talking, you know, he a lot in the news and about him earlier and about being the, the, at one point considered a potential first round pick. I'm at this point concerned if he's going to even break that streak of army players being drafted. Oh wow! Wow, you're, you're like, I'm not there yet. I I'm not there yet either. I, I I am with you because I think the potential is there, but I cannot imagine a worse nine weeks of a pre-draft process for a potential first-round pick than Andre Carter's had from the Senior Bowl to now. Yeah, I mean, and it's why it's so tough to transition. I think from these academies to the NFL is because the, the the strength and conditioning is so different. Let's move on to the interior defensive line. And I think, I mean, Kalisha Cansey, is he locked into the first round for you now after the four, six, seven 40 with the one, six, four split six, six foot, even two eighty one. I I think even better than the number is the two eighty one you mentioned. Because uh, there were some thoughts he could be lighter than that. I think he's locked in the first round. Not every team is going to have a good fit for him. I think Elijah can't see, you know, you run a base 3-4, it's going to be tough to fit him in. But he's he's more athletic than Aaron Donald was. <laughs> it's just wild uh, from Pitt. Faster 40 time, I think Kansi's in the first. Two players who I think maybe forgotten about, so to speak. Uh, I thought tested well, uh, Jervon Dexter from Florida, uh, one of the better testing guys out of this group at six, six, uh, not six, was it six, six? Yeah. Six, six, five, almost six, six, uh, three, 10, four, eight, eight, and a 40, uh, good vertical as well. And Brian Brzee from Clemson, uh, comes in at two ninety eight six five. had some decent numbers as well. I actually was disappointed with Brian Brzee. Really? I thought, I, yeah, I mean, he came in under 300 pounds. He ran a like a, a you know, the 486 is solid. Um, but I, I didn't think he looked that great in the drills. I thought he looked kind of stiff, um, kind of slow. I'm actually a little concerned about him. I think Jerron Dexter's at his size moved better than Brian Bercy did to me in the drills, you know, and uh, similar 40 times for them. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. I think Brissy could still go top ten. I think he could go late first. I think he's still a first round pick, but I think it gets a little bit choppy now. 
think Siaki Ika from Baylor has kind of fallen off a little bit. Uh, I thought he, I, I, for some reason, thought he would test better than he did. Uh, thought he was more athletic than what he showed. Uh, but yeah, poor, poor workout for Ika. Uh, a guy who didn't have a poor workout is my guy, Zach Pickens, South Carolina, yes. one of the best testing guys in this group, Shane. I, I think Pickens show that he can maybe do the five tech, do the three tech thing, four, eight, nine, six, three, five, eight, two, ninety one. I think Pickens is still on that third to fourth round mix, but the athleticism, once again, another five-star recruit. You see why he's super athletic. Yeah. Um, any other guys you want to talk about out of this group? Yeah. I'll say Jalen Redmond from Oklahoma, I thought had uh, put himself into the day two mix, you know, 291 pounds, ran a four, eight, one. He had a great 34 and a half vert. He was really good. And then Dante Stills from West Virginia, they put himself into the draft uh, with another good workout. So solid defensive line group. I saw you mention on Twitter that Redmond just screams Bengals to you. Feels like a Bengals defensive tackle, right? He's a good athlete, solid, you know, solid production, solid film. High pass rush run rate too. Same. Let's move on to the LBs, the linebackers, Shane and – Dayon Henley keeps uh, keeps moving up. Washington yeah, he, State. He, Washington State linebacker. He's look, we we talk, we talk about him from the beginning, but four five four, two hundred twenty five pounds. He had a really nice ten yard split. Great for thirty five. Um, day two. All right, he's he's got to be a day two player. Speaking of got to be day two players, uh, Jack Campbell. Iowa, 6'5", 6'4 249, 4'6", in the 40, great 10 split, 37.5-inch vertical. His cone times is three cones, 6'7", 4. Easily the best of the linebacker group that actually did it. Uh, and highly productive. I mean, he is a Mike, true Mike linebacker. Uh, so I guess, you know, you have to, to – positional value, I guess, comes into play here. But I feel like day two, uh, you're going to get a you're gonna get a plug-and-play guy, right? I think you know exactly what you're getting. You're getting 100 tackles. He, uh, one of the highest pro football focus grades, I think, of this linebacker group. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I feel like someone's got to take Jack Campbell round two and plug him right in, and you're going to have one of the best linebackers in the NFL. Like, that's worthwhile. Apparently, I was the only draft analyst that did not know that Owen Papo was a freak athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, I actually, uh, I, I had him faster than the four three nine that he ran on my predictions. I think Jonathan thinks that Jack Campbell could go round one. I, I, I just, just the position. I don't, I don't think. Yeah. Well, always I mean, possible. It's always possible. But Trenton Simpson is another guy. Who ran a four four three in the forty and is probably LB one at this point? I, I, I would think, and I don't know that he ends up in the first round right now. Right, I think it is just tough for the off ball linebacker. It's why a guy like Drew Sanders, you know, from Arkansas, is my top linebacker because he has the edge ability. I think you need that. Yeah, uh, disappointment has to be for Noah Sewell, Oregon. Not a good workout. 
Yeah, I mean, I think he's squarely in day three, right? Uh, one time we thought might be the best linebacker in the class, disappointing year, disappointing. You know, the, the workout was maybe adequate for how he played, but not enough to be a top 100 pick. You said you were have to go back to the tape for Anthony Orgy from Vanderbilt. Was he your biggest surprise from this group? He was. I did not expect the the workout, the 4-5-3, 230 pounds, uh, you know, the Vanderbilt kind of pass rusher. I mean, 38 and a half vert is, is wild. And the shuttle and cone were good, like super athletic. I don't think the athleticism was quite there on film uh, going back, but you, you do see him rush the passer pretty well. I think he could be intriguing day three prospect. A um, couple other guys, DeMarvion Overshawn, Texas, good workout. Dorian Williams, Tulane, great workout. Yeah, I, yeah, I think both of those guys are on the, the day two fringe bubble. Positional value might knock them down. We'll see. Um, they were great. And then Byron Young from Tennessee, I think he put himself maybe in the top 75 picks, linebacker, edge, a little bit of everything he does. Four four three at 250 pounds is pretty good. The corners were fast, Shane. Oh, my gosh. This corner group is ridiculous. They were so fast. Uh, I mean, there's there's potentially, what, four or five of these guys could go in the first round. And six. We, six guys could go in the first round. <laughs> and we've, we've knocked out one of those. At one point was Clark Phillips. I, I don't think he's anywhere near that anymore. Uh, so let's just start with Clark Phillips the third from Utah. Highly productive this year, but measures in at 5'9", 184, but 29-inch arms, and then a sub, uh, over 4'5", one uh, in the 40. Not great from Mr. Phillips. Uh, you know, he's a nickel corner that's probably going to still be a good NFL player despite being short and slow. I mean, a 4'5", not even that slow. This group is just so fast that it looks much worse, but uh, – yeah, I, I, it's just tough. I, I think he's the day three player at this point. I wrote in my column yesterday, and we're going to talk about the other Maryland guy, but a guy you love, Jacorian Bennett, uh, who you think actually had better tape this year than Deontay Banks. I, I thought he played better, better. You know, a lot of teams are actually throwing toward but It's kind of the old South Carolina thing, right? You know, the, the guy that gets thrown at um, has to work a little harder. I thought Jacorian Bennett was that player. But yeah, 5'11", 188, ran a four three. I mean, he's he's fast and tough. Um, the, the Maryland duo, man, just a, a good good group. I think Bennett's versatility, uh, his special teams ability, and everything is going to get him drafted uh, in the third round. Uh, I think he can play boundary. I think he can play in the slot, and mm-hmm. I think he could play free safety. He showed he could do it uh, at the Senior Bowl, and then. One four eight ten yard split, insane. Four three flat in the 40, 40 and a half inch vertical. Jacorian Bennett, man, Mobile native. Great, yeah, he's, great day. He's gonna be a good player. He is. Uh, Deontay Banks, his teammate, just a little bit slower. Uh, one four nine ten yard split, four three five forty, but he goes forty two inches in the vertical and eleven foot four in the broad jump. Deontay Banks, round one. Oh, easy. I mean, I think we're talking top 20. Um, I think you could go over some of the traditional great corners. I think you could be drafted above a Joey Porter when all said and done. And I'll say for my Pittsburgh Steelers, Deontay Banks is the corner that he's a corner that Mike Tomlin's going to really like. I'll say that. Maybe he gets to 17. Maybe he doesn't. 
Maybe he doesn't. We'll, yeah. we'll find out. Uh, not going in the first round, but probably going on day two is Julius Brents from Kansas State. Uh, great workout. His cone times and shuttle was – he had the best – did he have the best – both, yes, amongst the corner group. Best uh, short shuttle, best three cone of the group. Um, um, let's talk about Emmanuel Forbes, a guy I know you're high on. Uh, is He runs a 4.35.40 with a 1.48.10 split, but only 166 pounds. Is that knocked out of the first round to you? Yeah, I don't think there's a chance Forbes at 166 pounds goes in the first. But day two, you have pick, he's the pick six master. Maybe a team still takes a chance on him. Forbes draft stocks, uh, no idea. Yeah, I don't know. He could go round two. He could go round six, and I wouldn't be surprised. But I'm I'm still in. I still think he deserves to be a day two pick. Christian Gonzalez, Oregon. Is he CB1? Yeah, easily. Top ten, easy. Top five overall player, I think, is what – when my new rankings come out, that may end up be where he's at. Whew, nice. Top five. We'll see. Another Bijan Robinson, you know. So, we'll, we'll I'm see. sure you'll have Bijan very high, uh, very high. Uh, <laughs> I thought Daryl Wooter from uh, South Alabama had a great workout as well. Uh, I just think he's going to end up on day three just because of the numbers game is is going to is going to push him down a little bit. Um, let's talk about Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State. 6'2", 193, 34 inch arms, Shane. Wow. For Joey Crazy. Porter Jr. And then 446 and the 41510 split. Uh his vertical and broad were very good as well. And got the genes, right? So Joey Porter Jr. is another one of those six corners you said would go in the first round. Yeah, I mean, I think he's locked into the first round. I tweeted his Raz next to his dad. Not too far off. Uh, another one of the first rounders, I presume, in your line of thinking here, Keely Ringo from Georgia. Uh, tests well, maybe not as good as I think he thought he was going to test, but good size, six one, almost six two, two oh seven, decent arm length. Uh, is Ringo still in round one? I think he's on the fringe. I, I think that sixth corner, uh, you know. That's where someone take Ringo in the first round, but there's so many teams that need a, a corner. I think a team like the Vikings taking a chance. Um, and the size and speed are so good, but the, the film is so inconsistent. I, I'm I'm intrigued to see where he goes. Uh, Cam Smith, South Carolina, tremendous workout from him as well. Also, another one of those guys on the cusp of round one, kind of in that twenty range. 20, 20 to 31 range. Devin Witherspoon, Illinois, did not work out, but is – I imagine when he does work out at their pro day, it'll be similar to the rest of the Illini contingent <laughs> that tested. His numbers will be uh, ridiculous as well. Yeah, it's it's going to be good. I think he's probably top 15, you know, locked in pretty well in the first round, obviously. Um, so I'm there. And – uh Fastest corner, I got it right. DJ Turner. I couldn't say it on the spot on the pod, so I, I don't get credit, I guess. But on my predictions, I had him as fastest, but 426 was the fastest of the entire combine. I did not expect. That makes me sad. But sorry, anyway, sorry. 426 for uh DJ Turner. 
um nickel. michigan oh yeah, yeah whatever but uh we we think he's going to be a nickel at the next level probably i do but gonna... i I, th- I, th- I think he's probably a nickel but i think he could be a day two pick at this point his tape is good like he's a good cover corner uh but 511 178 gets a little tricky and we're not going to we won't talk much about uh, Tyreek Stevenson from Miami, who had a great workout. Uh, Travis Hodges Tomlinson, I thought worked out great as well. Just he's undersized. He's 5'8, 178. But yeah. if he was if he was 5'11, we might be talking about him in that first round conversation just on his tape. Right. He, he's, I mean, he's really very good. good. He's just he's just short. Uh, last cornerback we'll talk about because I'm not going to not talk about the other Gamecock. And, and I talked about Andre Carter as probably the worst offseason, I think, of any prospect that was considered high. Has anybody seen an upward trajectory more than Darius Rush from South Carolina has uh, between the Senior Bowl and now the Combine? Rush, uh, 6'2", 198, 30, almost 33-and-a-half-inch uh, arms, but a 4'3", 40, uh, good vertical, good broad jump. He was over 8 and a half, nine Raz is, or 8-and-a-half Raz as well. So Darius Rush, Shane, uh, is he locked into day two now for you? Yeah, I, I actually think him and Julius Prince from Kansas State, who we talked about before, I, I think round two is uh, good. I think they're both going to go there pretty darn close. All right, let's wrap it up now with the safeties. And let's just start quickly. Uh, Brian Branch, not the best workout. I don't think this really dissuades his ranking at all right i don't think he was a gonna have a great workout he's not a super athlete right he's a you know smart ball hawk type player i still think he goes mid to late first round i don't really i mean i guess it's going to be antonio johnson by default as the number two safety in this class his workouts were okay but um is that is that how you're at right now I still have him at number two. I think maybe, you know, round two, just, just because the film is so good. He's a two-way safety. Antonio Johnson can tackle. He can play the pass. Um, but maybe, maybe we had a couple guys due to workouts to be able to challenge him. And two of those guys from Illinois. Sydney right. Brown, 5'10", uh, 11, but 4'4", 40 for him, 40 and a half inch vertical. And then his teammate, uh, Jertavius Martin, 5'11", 194, goes 4'4", 6", in the 40, 147 with his split, 44-inch vertical, 11-foot, 1-inch broad jump. Uh, both of these guys look good at the Senior Bowl when they were down here, and now both of them come out to the combine and blow it up. Another good offseason for both those Illinois players, plus Devin Witherspoon, man. I mean, you see why this defense was so good. Um, I, I had them both as safety three and safety four in the third round of my mock this week. It's probably fair. That's probably about how it's going to shake out uh, when my rankings come out as well. A couple of disappointments here, maybe. Brandon Joseph, Notre Dame, not great. Uh, A a guy once considered a top 10 pick now is uh, borderline draftable. Yeah, yeah. Fifth to seventh rounder. Uh, Jason Taylor, Oklahoma State. I've been on this guy most of the season now he continues to uh get himself from undrafted to drafted 43 inch vertical four five 
uh, flat in the 40 there. And Daniel Scott from Cal had a tremendous workout as well, especially his shuttles. I think both those guys might be early day three, Daniel Scott and Jason Taylor both, uh, especially because the safety class is not super deep. So that's that's probably why. Yeah, you're going to see those guys probably get drafted, be backup safeties, and play a lot of special teams. I think that's where they're going to excel. Uh, anybody else in the safety group you want to talk about? Uh, the Florida duo was very disappointing to me. <laughs> Trey Dean, maybe maybe the one of the most disappointing of the combine, 6'2", 200, ran a 4.75. You can't do it. Like, it gets bad. I didn't, even notice, really- I didn't notice how bad Rashad Torrance was until you just said that. Yeah, and yeah, Rashad Torrance is six foot, 193. He came out early. So I was like, oh, okay. And it's, both their tape is good. But, you know, we'll see if the pro day maybe is a little better. Um, and then, you know, I'll say Jair Brown from Penn State was supposed to blow up. He was on Bruce Feldman's freak list, you know, did not blow up the combine. So I don't know if something's going on. What ha- what happened at Penn State, man? I thought they, that was that used to be the uh, the combine gurus there, and now that they've it's kind of fallen off, I guess. Yeah, at least they got Joey Porter, and I'm sure they'll adopt Zach Coons and take that. There you go. Why, why not? <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, we got a couple of questions. Uh, I don't think we had any in the Discord. Uh, we don't have any in chat. So we did hit a couple on Twitter. So Shane will answer those quickly. As I said, we have run long, uh, and we just we just talked about this. So we we kind of answered this already. But uh, at Lord Luckin asked, they said, I know I've been higher on the Illinois duo, Jartavius Martin, Sidney Brown for some time. But do you think their pre-draft process has pushed them both into day two? And I think we both say yes to this. Uh, at the Georgia fan ask, I have an odd question, maybe worth answering on the pod. Sounds like it. Uh, whatever happened to the old spotter at the combine was a Cardinals coach used to be the guy that was over the bench press spotting the guys. I don't know what happened to him. I guess he no longer with the Cardinals and kind of just faded away. But yes, that guy was entertaining when you would watch the bench press, uh, from the combine. I don't even know his name. John Lott, John Lott. Uh, he was in the NFL till 2020 and you know why he doesn't do it? Agents complain. They thought he was pushing guys too hard. What a bunch of crybabies. <laughs> uh, he said he was the Southern guy that would say Jerry Clower saying, Shane, I'll put you on the spot here. Do you know who Jerry Clower is? I do not. I have no he's idea. An, I was like, I don't know an, what that is. he's an old Southern comedian. Um, I'm going to age myself here, but my, my, Mom had like a comedy album, like vinyl, like album of his. It was good stuff, man. It was hilarious stuff, especially to a eight, nine, ten year old who didn't really know anything about anything. But it was hilarious <laughs> to me. It was good stuff. Jerry Clower, uh, pretty sure he's dead because he was old when I was eight or nine years old. So I, I assume he's. Good. But yeah, Jerry Clower. Jerry Clower mentioned on the uh, Draft Countdown podcast. Who would who would have had that? Okay, so sure. Why not? Uh, so, yeah, we're at an hour and 20 minutes here, Shane. So final thoughts on everything we've talked about tonight and what we've got coming up. Now, check out my seven-round mock draft. Uh, I launched post-combine. I think people have been enjoying it. Uh, I, I took a different approach to, to doing this one, so I'll be interested to see your feedback. And, yeah, just, uh, you know, make, make sure you're following as we go through. I'll be tweeting about pro day stuff from the draft countdown account. Um, so make sure you're following that. 
Yep, and we're uh, also we're we're going to look into doing some YouTube shorts here on the uh, YouTube channel where uh, I, I break down some of these pro day results and and, and kind of talk about those. So we don't want to, you know, it's going to be a lot of them, so we're not going to really clog up the, the main podcast with that. But so be sure that you're subscribed to the YouTube channel and uh, you'll you'll see the Pro Day updates uh, as, as we put them out there. So it's going to be good stuff. Looking forward to doing that, Shane. Uh, but, yeah, speaking of that, uh, final thoughts for me. Uh, we're going to have our big boards updated post-combine, uh, 300 players uh, coming out Friday and Saturday, respectively. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll be sure everybody be sure to check that out. We've got a couple team specific mock drafts coming up. Uh, Brad uh, Menendez got the Cowboys coming out tomorrow and Miranda has one on the Seahawks coming out on Sunday. So everybody uh, has that to look forward to. But if you uh, if you're new to the channel here and you're watching live, go ahead and hit that like button and subscribe to the channel, like the videos, share them out. If you listen to the audio version of this podcast tonight, be it on Apple, be it on Spotify or wherever, uh, give us a five-star review and share that out on your social channels. And uh, let's get our listenership and viewership up on everything. Tell your friends, subscribe to the Draft Countdown channel. We're trying to grow that subscriber base a little bit. Follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Hallop. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown, and for all of your NFL draft needs, go to draftcountdown.com. Every day between now and after the draft, nonstop content, draftcountdown.com. For Shane, I'm Brian. Good night, everybody.